You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Uh, guys, it hasn't been true this year, and I'm conflicted. Um, so I think I'm just going to say mathematically proven to be most of the time your host of this podcast in its entirety over the course of, you know, uh, the, the however long we talked about it before. We've been doing this, which is far too long. Uh, Evan Vlali here. Hi. Good to see you. Good to be seen. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't have a three foot by five foot, uh, just flag that says MLS season pass behind him. It is Chuck Booth. Uh, now it is, uh, much more important to have the actual background that I have of Black Panther, yeah. Camden Yards, and then, um, Black Clo- Clover. Yeah. Are any of those available on Apple Plus? Is that where the cross plug is coming this week? Um, well, the funny thing is sometimes the Orioles are because they do baseball. Mm. Mm. I see. Um, I don't know. Uh, he can commiserate about me trying to find places to move coming up soon as Justin Ashcraft. What? I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. I'm here. Yeah, you are. I'm here. Doing Hello, the pod, welcome. Doing, doing the thing. Yep. Back doing the thing. Hey, um, we'll get into it. Uh, Philadelphia Union 2, Chicago Fire 2. I hate playing with soccer team. So much. Yep. I, and like, I, I don't have any, I really don't even have anything else to say because, like, yeah, I mean, like, that's something that Justin and I talked about last week is that outside of the playing the revolution, um, if you had to pick teams that you hate watching the union play, uh, the fire Montreal. are number two. I see the thing, Montreal's weird. I, I hate it more in Montreal because then I have to watch them play. Yeah soccer on carpet but the fire it's like no matter no matter which location where it's just gross when yeah yeah Uh, at least their kits are better this year and their logo is not as bad as it was because there was that stretch where they had really bad logo and like not good kits and then you had to watch them play in those and it was a whole thing Yeah. yeah i mean it is what it is it is what it is. Sure is. It's, it's not a. It's not a fun matchup for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and stop me if you've heard this before. Bad first half, and then like much better, fifteen minutes second half. And it's a draw. What they they started off slow. I can't imagine. Yeah, I haven't seen the Union do that yet this season. I don't even know if you can call this like starting slow. Like they just weren't there. Not waking up for 45 minutes. <laughs> the time and zone change just, really got to him. And it's just like, I mean, these early goals of just the worst defending yeah. that you can possibly, like, see happen. Like, um, yep. I, I just I just really am at a loss. And, like, 
even with the fact that yeah we're we seem to just be really pushing home the point that a backup left back should have been purchased for Kai Wagner because uh-huh. while we did expect him not to not be available because of leaving, um, not being available because of injury is just showing <laughs> how much he means to that entire flank. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that assessment in the second half of this game. I thought, Matt Real was a little bit better than he's Perio he was on that side of the field. But that's not saying much. I mean it's not it's not enough compared to what you get out of Kai Wagner. I yeah. mean that, that that I understand. I just yeah. think Matt Real wasn't bad in the second half of this game. No, def- definitely. I would yeah, I wouldn't say that. And you but usually the the thing between them is Harriel is supposed to be the better defensive presence, but clearly that wasn't happening in the first half because generally yeah. if you're playing a team that's not the Chicago Fire, if Matt Real is out there, then you also need Leon Flock out there. And we've seen just how that could potentially be an issue too. Yeah. Correct. Uh yeah, I mean it, it's it's tricky because like it's hard to even kind of you know value like replacement level players or what have you when you're replacing Kai Wagner, which is extremely difficult, and then your two choices are like Nate Harriel, who's supposed to be like the defensive defender out of those two guys I, I guess and then Matt Real who is a prolific striker in USL championship so I don't know and don't um, what... don't forget he's a left-sided midfielder on a diamond now so yeah or whatever that There's... is um, <laughs> um yeah, yeah. It, also it's just it's just at the end of the day it's not their fault because if you want to no, look anywhere, no. you look to the two best 11 caliber center backs that um, just randomly Are decide that, that they right don't now. know how to play with each other when they've been doing nothing but <laughs> playing every minute of MLS play together. Yeah. I mean, the first goal, like, I mean, I think you got to whatever it's hard to talk what happened on their first goal up to anything other than luck or something yeah um i mean you you gotta get yourself in the position to shoot but when the ball takes as wicked of a deflection as it did uh there are very few keepers if any keeper in the world who's going to save that um as much as we want to rate blake it's still a, a, a very wicked deflection uh, but it 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 didn't. It's until the second half the union just had no response. So I just don't know what to make of that. I, I'm interested to see what it looks like now that they're not playing this Wednesday. Um, yeah, they kind of sure. get a full week. You can rest a little bit, um, and then you get Toronto. Um. 
it's kind of a gross little set of fixtures towards the end of the month, but you know, maybe, maybe a slight rest before kind of right back into the fire is going to do a little bit of good, but I don't know why you, you come out and you consistently look that flat all the time um, in the first half. And like, I don't even know what you would even like, like, it's one of those things where I, I think we've all been in, in positions. Uh, this is like soccer as it applies to real life, I guess. Where like you have the people in your life, or you had the people in your life that complain about something, and then like you see that there's ways for them to fix that, and they just don't take them. And so you're just kind of left going, "Well, okay, uh, yeah, that's fine." And the union feel like that, but as a soccer team, where it's like, there's no way that you guys can't get up for a game like this. Or what? I mean, you know, I guess my criticism for the team for a while has been you can't get up for the big, big game. But you have, you know, plenty of, of um, you know, verve and, and sort of passion to get up for the regular season. So I don't know what's happening. If it results in stomping LAFC over the course of two legs and a little bit of revenge for the Champions League, I'm not mad about it. But it's been very strange um, that I guess MLS was like, we'll expand the playoffs. And then the union went, we're not going to try as hard. And that seems to be the course of action so far. I mean, that also just seems to be the course of action for like everybody. top teams um because like because it's like realistically outside of lafc who just basically doesn't count every other team that it's basically because you're basically looking at like the teams that didn't make the playoffs last season and cincinnati as the top of the conference um which i mean kind of makes sense just even based on who needs these early regular season games to really go their way, who's actually in Champions League right now. Um, and and even, like, in a way, what teams are going to be, like, really getting into Open Cup soon. So, like, the the Union are still just in a very weird spot because, like, Obviously, if they win or even, like, lose very narrowly to LAFC, then, like, as long as they go on a run starting, like, May 6th against Red Bulls, this entire stretch is put behind them. But if they lose badly or continue losing after that, and then, like, you're looking at, like, Charlotte at the end of May and they're not like in the upper half of the East. Uh, that's probably where you're pressing the panic button. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Kind of balancing all the competitions. Right. I just, what, uh, I guess frustrated me against Chicago is they showed they could do it in the second half. It, like they came out a totally different team in the second half. And I, I don't think it was, uh, it wasn't as pretty as the soccer we've seen over the past two seasons, but I mean, it wasn't ugly soccer either <laughs> coming out at, after halftime. And I mean, very legitimately 
they could have gotten a third goal uh, at some point in the second half and and ended up winning the game. But I think you want to see that fight or you want to see that drive from the start of the game. And um, But you're right, Chuck. I mean, there's a lot of time left in the season. You also have, you know, so many teams making the playoffs. You don't really have to, you know, worry too much about where you are in the table at this point in time. Um, you hopefully have a summer transfer window where you pick up a third striker who can actually score. Uh, you, um, you know, you have some time to figure this out, you know, whether it's just playing better or it's, uh, you know, making some transfers and figuring out your, your players from there. Um, uh, overall, it wasn't a bad second half of the game, though. I mean, you you do score two goals, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's, it's a really good, good to have time good Julian to be. Yeah, it's it's a good time to be Julian Carranza because, good lord. And then, hey, um, not to not to be like. This this is like the fourth year of being like, what if Alejandro Bedoya didn't start every game? But what uh, if Alejandro Bedoya didn't start every? Game? <laughs> what if just like what you get out of? And I, I mean, it's it's uh, you've seen this for like two years, and I like I get it. There's got to be some kind of like you're obviously not going to say this to the captain because then you're going to have to basically make. Dre or Kai or Jack or, or Jakob or, or Jose, I guess, would probably be the most sort of this guy makes sense because he's a nightmare captain. But, like, you'd have to kind of give someone the armband for the first 60 minutes or whatever of a game. But, like, <clears throat> you're getting so much more creatively out of McGlynn and Sullivan right now. Like, I don't know. And not that Bedoya can't hit passes. He's just not doing it. Well, and I, I don't know. Um, there's a there's a whole lot there, but it's just like you look at the second half of that game against Chicago, and it's like, well, there's a theme here. Yeah, I the, mean, Bedoya popped up in some nice spots in the second half, though. Yeah, and well, Bedoya is also coming off of his best creative season ever, um, and yeah, and like. I, I get the, like, sitting him sometimes, but it's a lot harder to sit your captain when people already aren't doing their jobs. Like, <laughs> if, if, the yeah. like if, the, if the defense and everyone on the pitch um, were doing what they were supposed to be doing, um, one, yeah. this team would be top of the East right now. But yep. then, like, it's a lot easier to entertain, like, sitting literally the person who no matter what like gives a damn out there for every second that he's on the pitch like no matter how badly you're losing um yeah it, and, it would be one thing I, if it was one guy that was bad yeah and it and it and it really is just like tough to sit him at this point of the season um but you're pretty close to needing to sit Mikel Ura. 
yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is you can't because what, like, Chris Donovan is not going to strike fear until no, I, no, I'm piling no, on him this year. Not, I mean, what do, what you get from him defensively, you already get from Quinn Sullivan. Yeah. And so, what are you what getting do you, when he has the ball? You just change team? formation. No, you don't necessarily have to change formations. You just put Quinn Sullivan there and let him float. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm a. I don't give me. I'm a big fan of the kids. I get the kids on the field. Not I, that, I this is this is not a long term solution at all. Let's just. I was gonna say that. it's a long term solution. You per, you when you're per, when, this. Yeah. yeah, when no, the long term solution is the fact that we don't have a third striker on this team. Um, and that's a problem. But when one of your stars isn't performing, they still need to see the bench. It's it's true. I I agree with you. I I don't I don't know. I'm not sure what you're actually getting out of Mikel Oriere at the moment. Is there? Uh, I yeah. think that he he just doesn't seem to have the chemistry with the rest of the team that he used to. Uh, he's not popping up in good spots. He's actually probably in some ways both against Atlas and this game, like actually hindering Carranza a little bit uh, in the sense that he's kind of running into the spaces where Carranza needs to be or wants to be. Uh, and so either they need to, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of mirroring what's happening on the other end of the field. I mean, Glesnes and Elliot need to get back on the same page and they're clearly not at this point in time. Uh, and I think Carranza and Ure are the same way. Like both of them need to get back on the same page and try to figure out how they're communicating and where they want to be on the field and start watching the tape and, and everything else. And I think, uh, it's, you know, on the other end of the field, it feels like Glesnez is stepping a lot where he doesn't need to step, and then he's putting a jacket in bad spots. Um, and so I think sort of the same way. I mean, it feels like Ure is trying, trying to do some stuff, but he seems to put Carranza at bad spots. So um, it's it, it's all communication, I think. I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with talent still. I mean, I think Ure still has speed. He still has... Uh, a, a big body that he can use and, and all of that. I think he just needs to figure out where he needs to be on the field and, and what that looks like. Is it one of those things where because you don't have a like legitimate third striker, like a Corey Burke, Kai, just like any, like, a, like Teal, but just someone that you could bring off the bench. That's like that guy just scores goals. Like, great. Awesome. Thank you. Are you are you waiting for like teams to start really defending Carranza and then hope that Ura kind of comes along because he sort of gets open by existing and you're playing it out that way and then he gets a goal or two because he just has so much space and he eventually finds it because he goes, well, there's three guys there. Let me go over here. And then it kind of balances out that way. Because, like, you, you, you have a third center back in Damian Lowe who can fill in, who can play a game, who can do well. And that sort of applies your, your hey, you got to do better because this guy, like, gets it and is playing better than you are, Jack or Jacob, depending on the week. 
Like, you don't have a guy that could come in and go, oh, there's space there. I'll go there uh, to put pressure on, you know. And it would be the same thing if Carranza wasn't performing, but Ura is just not finding holes or doing any of the things that he was doing last year. Some of it is you trust your, you trust your players, and you say, "Okay, <laughs> we'll keep putting you out there. You got to figure it out, though, at some point." Well, in time. but you like, I, uh, I guess Chuck's right, and that Quinn Sullivan's your other option, but like, you don't really have an other option. You don't. Um, well, you, you technically do, but that other option has worked like but like two ish times out of like six in Joaquin Torres. Cause he's yeah. been like really good, but he's done some really stupid stuff with the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't think he has the frame for what they'd like to do with their forwards, which is like fine. Um, but he also like just hasn't when he's started, he hasn't struck me as a guy that it's like, Oh yeah. 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 Like 90 minutes of that's going to work. Like it's very, that it'll see mold where it's like, he's going to come in for 25, 30 minutes. He's going to break guys down. He's going to do some cool shit. And like, if it works, we win. And if it doesn't, we like draw or lose, but at least there was like cool shit. And he's, I mean, he's also someone where, like, you kind of just got to bust out the back three for it to work properly. Yeah. Because you just need those extra defenders for when he inevitably loses the ball and it goes the other way. Because, like, that's the kind of cleanup work that Damian Lowe is very good at. And, uh, I mean, he, like, even the Chicago game potentially looks different if he wasn't in just coming back from injury because I do think that we're at a point where he's going to start some pretty important games over Jack Elliott. Yeah. I think you have some other options too on this team. Like, I don't know, like against Alianza, like Perea looked pretty good. Uh, and we haven't seen him again since then. Um, and, and, that you know, that's just another midfielder who can help you help you out at times when Leon Flock's not performing and Bedoya's tired. So, um, you know, I this team doesn't feel that far off. That's the that might be the frustrating thing is the team doesn't feel that far off. Um, but it's like, can you get there? Can you can you get it over the hump and and get the right players on the field? Like, and that's all, Jim. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what it is, and so. Uh, how do you figure that out? I'm not sure. That's Jim's job. <laughs> I mean, it's close because it. Re- I mean, it really is just do what you've done in CCL in the league because it's been good enough there. Um, even though some of the results were still weird and took a lot to get there, it still worked. Yeah. Hey guys, this game would have been three two if uh, Jose Martinez's shot wouldn't have hit the crossbar, or I mean the the goalpost. 
if I if I wasn't really worried about like the consequences of what would happen or what I would have to agree to, I I think I would I would take the uh, the mantle and make Jose Martinez my my regatta. But I think that if I was like he's never gonna do it, and then he scored, he would find me in my seat in the stadium and beat me. Um, or at least I don't know. Have a very I told you so. You're wrong. Uh, colored celebration, and then I don't know, like Stu Holden or Danny Higginbotham on MLS season pass would have to be like, yeah, well, you know, that's he deserved it, and and it would just be shame upon my family. So I'm gonna not say that, but you know, there's a world where I think it happens, and it's it's more fun because like I think Paul was being lazy because Ray Gattis never really got that close. This I think every week is like, oh, maybe you know. And for every time he puts it into the Delaware, there's one or two where you're like, ooh, that was, hey, there it is. I think that's what he was doing on this shot this weekend is he was aiming for somebody in the River End who has slandered him online. And uh, <laughs> he, was just, he was literally he, he was literally trying to kick the ball through the net yeah, yeah. into somebody so, in the River so End. So really what we're saying is that I need to sit closer to the field, if not on field level, but behind a goal. Yeah, exactly. And then just and kind of will hit you with it. pray that I don't die. Or, I mean, it's for the better of the team, honestly. And at that point, you know, it wouldn't be in vain. Only if it's a big game. Like, we're talking like Champions League final, Open Cup final, uh, MLS Cup final. I don't want to, like, you know, get obliterated into the sun by a soccer ball for, like, a 3-1 win over, uh, who sucks, San Jose or something. You know, like, I'm good. Um, well, San Jose doesn't really suck anymore he, can't say Houston I like their coaching so. uh, <laughs> well one guy that other team the rest of them whatever um, like actually I want Houston to be bad enough that Ben Olsen gets fired I know that sucks because he's nice but there's an ulterior motive there anyway um, yeah I don't also, want like a, a, a friendly against Crystal Palace to be <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, I was going to say, We're, I mean, it's pretty easy to pick on Montreal or Sporting. Sporting, yeah, Sporting. But, you know, sp yeah, Sporting. Sporting. So not Sporting. Anything else does is fine. Nice. Is he going to hear that, do you think? Like, am I going to die? Am I, am I okay? I think you're fine. All right, great. Good. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he has someone who just, like, relays, like, hate mail to him to <laughs> pump him up ahead of a game. Oh, does he does, – is is Jose Martinez a vanity Twitter search guy? <laughs> but I, I just – I don't think uh, he's doing it himself. Maybe. But, like, but like <laughs> if he goes out, people are like, oh, hey, someone said this about you. And then he just kind of broods. It, no, exactly. Like that's that's just no, what pumps I, him I, up to go into tackles every game. It's just imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't salt because he's not French. He just gets gets angry. Yeah, yeah. He he has like he has like Anton Torrenson or Brandon Craig. Like, hey, can you look up my name on Twitter like before the game and like very good of everything. Yeah, said. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's part of his personality that he's just very offline, and it's weird for other people. <laughs> like. 
He's like, hey, hey, uh, Anton, can you look on TikTok and uh, see if there's anything about me on TikTok? I, Jose Martinez is just like tech, technologically illiterate, I think, is the trade-off. He's like very good at soccer and like kind of stylish and, and gets it, but just like can't navigate a phone to save his life. So he's just blissfully unaware. <laughs> Jose, do you have a Snapchat? What's a, what's a snap? What snap am I snapping? Pick? No, yeah. I didn't step on that guy's ankles last week. No, no, no. Snapchat. No, never mind. Snapchat, um, Snapchat. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Um, uh, good, good, good. Uh, Toronto, right, uh, this weekend. Um, yeah. They have all their Italians now, so that's cool. Well, one of them did come back last week. Or yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. But I'll take a 75% Insigne. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean they're I mean, bad. They're bad with or without him. Like it should be a game that the Union win. But like every other, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just like their defense in midfield is really bad. So maybe this is the week to not say Ure. Like, see if he can get back on track. It's it's definitely a played out week. I would be like, it's you don't want to like have to wait until you roll like Charlotte FC, uh, in like two months to like get back on the on the we're good at this again wagon. Like you wanna you wanna put someone just to the sword soon. And, and I like, I mean, and and you do at least have the you do at least have the back to back home games separated by four days. Yeah. So. At least starters playing yeah. sixty or so in this shouldn't be an issue. It is pretty nice of more schedule. <laughs> like I, I, I was surprised <laughs> that there's like nothing scheduled between both legs. Um, yeah. For just back to back against LAFC. Well, didn't I hear something about them saying that? Like, they went through with each of the teams and said, like, here's a good weekend that you might want off or here's some options. And so the union said, yeah, we'll take that one because we'll probably be in CCL. Like, oh, nice. They kind of took that one as their, like, preferred bye week or whatever. And it, like, worked out just great for them. wonder if <laughs> LA did. I don't know hey, much I about mean, their schedule. I don't care enough right I now. I mean, Probably because, well, they the only reason they're a game behind is because of the weather pushing back um, El Trafico number one. Um, oh, true. Yeah. But it, yeah, it is really hard to keep up with the imbalanced schedule of every team having a week off at some point. And yeah, I completely yeah. forgot that there is just a natural week that the union wouldn't have a game and there it is yeah they are the lafc does not have off nice they go they go to houston uh on the saturday night between the two legs interesting well if brendan wants to help out yes uh, that'd be great yes they're just going to be traveling in triangles because Coming from LA to yeah. Philly, down to Houston, back to LA. 
Yep. <clears throat> yep. Nothing wrong with that. After, after a home game against Nashville, too. It's not like they, they don't, they don't Hopefully walk it matters. Hopefully it matters. <laughs> Philadelphia Union 2023. Hopefully it all matters. Oh. That's, a, that's a very... That's a beautiful... God. It's... Oh, it's romanticism. It's, it's existentialist MLS season for the Philadelphia Union. Hopefully... <laughs> hopefully this all matters. Gorgeous. Hey, I'll I'll take it. Make a tifo out of that, you know, like just very big letters. Just hopefully this matters. There you go. I love that. Well, that's about it. Yeah, Thanks. honestly, that should be the the. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. That that, that should be the back neck tag next year. Hopefully this matters. If that's for the podcast, it definitely doesn't. No. No. <laughs> of course not. Jeez. Nothing we do matters, Justin. We're just people sitting in places talking in the microphones. It's all about the team, and then we just react to that. And do we change anything that they do? Uh, yeah, uh, obviously. But, you know, we can't just come out and say that. Says who? It's I, I signed. There's an NDA about the kind of backstage pull we have with the with the first team. Like I don't want to put Paul on blast, but like he's the reason Fang has arms and legs. Did you just did you just violate your NDA? No, 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 because it was about Paul. It wasn't about me. I haven't explicitly said what I do yet for the team. I'm getting there, but I oh, haven't. Okay, yeah, okay, that'll be great. that'll be next week. It's a little teaser for for the podcast. Got to keep them coming back. So come back next week. Yeah, Evans Pool is mm-hmm. the first team. It rhymes with schmingers. Got to get more of those in the team. Taking over. Um. At the MTV Pod, let us know if we can fix anything with the team for you. Yep, sure does. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do that. Talk to everybody next week after we beat Toronto's 17th Italian. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTB Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to designtree at dsgntree.com slash VFTB for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash VFTBpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off. <laughs>